nonprofit collaboration, now more than ever. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakevich. This is the first day from the fundraising school, and I'm joined today by Delphia Ridley. Delphia is a member of the fundraising school's faculty. She has an extensive career in fundraising at the local, regional, and national levels, and now is a senior executive leading the United Way in Houston, Texas. And Delphia, thanks so much for being with us on this fundraising school podcast. Thank you so much, Bill, for inviting me. And I hope that you are safe and healthy in getting through this pandemic in your household. Yes, we are. We are sheltering in, going out on a limited basis, um, and just trying to, I've learned so many um, exercises and games from my five-year-old granddaughter who lives with me. So it's been, it's been an interesting journey. Well, it is wonderful to hear about that silver lining during these challenging times. And, you know, sheltering in place has meant fundraising in place. Uh, and it has also meant a whole new look at the resources that are available to nonprofit organizations. And I know leaders such as yourselves have always been encouraging nonprofits to collaborate. What have you seen during the pandemic in terms of the resources that are available to nonprofits and what this has meant for the need to collaborate, perhaps more than ever before? Thank you, Bill, for that um, interesting question. Because there, there's so much limited access, limited access to funding, limited access to movement, elimination of jobs. Nonprofits really, this is really an opportunity for nonprofits to look at collaboration. I'm a big advocate of collaboration because you don't just look at what you do as an individual nonprofit you start to look at what your community looks like. And I've created kind of a mnemonic for that that I call CAN. And so I, it's a three-step process that I encourage nonprofits to look at. First, look at your community and the commitment that you have to your community and the services that you provide, whether it's food, shelter, transportation, jobs, upskilling, mental health, any of those categories have lots of subcategories. And then the A in my can is assess. And that is what, other, what are other nonprofits doing who provide similar service? And, and even looking at those nonprofits, who are your competitors um, in terms of the services that you're providing to the community? And of course, the end is in my can mnemonic is, what are the urgent needs and how can working together collaboratively address those needs so that there's more impact in the community? And organization, nonprofits always look at their mission and, and their mission usually um, impacts the community, but there are other nonprofit organizations with very similar missions. And during this time, I suggest that nonprofits look at other nonprofits who are providing um, the needs of the community. For us here in Houston, it is food and shelter, transportation and mental health, as I said earlier. And so we looked around when we knew that people would be coming, our community would be coming to the United Way. We looked at who else in our community works very similarly to what we do. And we discovered that it was the Greater Houston Community Foundation. And so we went to them um, um, around, I don't know, March 20th, 
And we said, why don't we come together and do a joint fund so that it's easier for donors and we can raise the money, probably raise more money. And we said, well, how are we gonna do that? Well, the first thing that we did, just to give you an example, the, we did it really because we have a common purpose. We have common donors in a prospect pool. We have a common a commitment to make our community better. So the first thing we did to collaborate with the Greater Houston Community Foundation was to create an MOU, the Memorandum of Understanding. Then we determined who would be the face of this fund that we were creating, and it was quite obvious. It would be the board chair for both organizations. Um, they would be kind of the face uh, in terms of promoting it um, uh, online and in other media, media um, outlets. We developed one website, and we called the fund the Greater Houston the Greater Houston COVID-19 Recovery Fund. Now, we had to have lots of uh, understanding about how the fund would work, who would actually house the fund. We decided that by determining that the United Way, we're accustomed to um, having um, uh, corporations um, use our website to make donations. We're accustomed to dispersing money and knowing which organizations to disperse that to. But then we decided that we would, and this bill was a huge trust factor, we exchanged donor lists. Wow. Um, yeah, that's pretty um, novel approach and, and nonprofits. And so we agreed to do that because we knew that we had common donors and we didn't want several ass going out to the same donor. So we um, checked our list, determined who had the best relationship with specific donors, and then we decided who would approach which donors. And um, that actually led to the United Way because our fundraising playbook has really been about corporations. And with the community foundation, they really focus on individuals. So what we decided to do is that we, that the United Way would focus on our corporate um, donor relationships, and that even though some of the individuals who are giving to uh, both organizations, whoever had the best relationship with that individual would then solicit that individual for this fund. We established an oversight committee that was comprised of both board members and a foundation representative um, from a foundation in our local community. We established a grants committee and that grants committee was composed of board members from both organizations um, who would then decide which nonprofits to disperse the funds to. And our goal was to have nonprofit organizations who could quickly turn around and get services to the community. So this was something we had never done. It was um, non-traditional. And in less than a month, we've raised almost $14 million. Wonderful, what a wonderful story. And Delphia, thanks so much for leading by example you and your, your good friends there at the Community Foundation are, are walking the talk. You're not just saying, hey, other nonprofits, you should collaborate. 
you're saying we're going to collaborate as well. And the example that you just gave and the details that you just laid out uh, provide wonderful advice and specific steps that other nonprofits can follow. And, and I love, you know, can you know, assess your community and what you're doing in the community that's unique. Assess who else is out there doing the work. Determine the specific community needs and then bring organizations together to meet those needs in a much more powerful way. Delphi, let me ask you, as you work with nonprofits, and, and you've served with so many, again, at the local, regional, national level, uh, and now you're engaged in a leadership uh, role in one of America and the world's largest cities and regions in, in Houston, Texas, the greater Houston region. What advice do you have for nonprofits who they might say, but I'm the only one who does it the way that I do it, or I am worried about losing my donors. You know, some of these reasons that a nonprofit might hesitate uh, to move forward and trying to reach out to other organizations. What have you seen throughout your career and what advice would you have for organizations who might be asking those very understandable questions? Well, Bill, I think that looking at um, your organization, not through, the or not through the nonprofit eyes, but using the lens of the community um, and figuring out what is best for our community, not just the service that our nonprofit um, delivers. I think that um, taking that approach, you can you have a wider lens of who else is doing this in the community and how can we work with them. Um, I, during this difficult time of this crisis, I say that it's really important that nonprofits do what I call an introspection so that they can provide more of, um, of service, excellent service with impact to their community. So I think you, the lots of nonprofits in Houston, um, you know, the cultural arts, uh, the muse, you know, museums, um, those kinds of organizations have had to, a lot of them have had the, the YMCA, the YWCA, they've had to lay and staff off. And it's a very painful experience for them to go through, but you still have to deliver your business and your service. So I, there, there are kind of five S's that I recommend um, for nonprofits, um, particularly during this crisis time. I think it's important that you stay in touch with your donors. And if you don't have the staff to do that, enlist your board, enlist your volunteers, send them a note, ex, uh, use social media. We're thinking of you, hoping everybody is safe and healthy. Um, Keep the message, the second S is keep your message to them simple. Um, we're, for example, we are serving the needs of our most vulnerable neighbors and here's how we're doing it. Um, share your stories, that's the third S, um, and testimonials about services that you provided in the past and that you can continue doing during this crisis. Um, you know, use your phone to just do a short video. I mean, people are not looking at how well the video is. They're, they're wanting to hear the story. Um, tell them to stay tuned. That's the fourth S, stay tuned. We have some future plans. There's gonna be life on the other side of this crisis and we want you to be in there with us. And the other thing, Bill, is to um, keep asking for support. 
That's the fifth S. Keep asking to support your organization. Maybe not in the same way that they have before, but if you don't ask, you will not get. You just want to maintain your relationship, not only with your donors, but you want to use this as an opportunity for visibility with potential donors. And I think social media certainly provides an opportunity for that. One of the things that we're doing at the United Way, we're doing thankathon videos, uh, where we're actually videoing um, staff or either some of our um, agency beneficiaries just saying thank you to the donors, just little snippets. So I think there is going to be life on the other side of this. I think it is going to be very different and I think this is an opportunity for us to think about delivering our services to our communities in a different way and much more collaboratively. So stay in touch, keep it simple, share your stories, invite people to stay tuned because this is going to be going on and the information can change daily, weekly, monthly, and absolutely ask for support. And Delphia, I also wanna go back to what you talked about with collaboration that the idea should always be, and now more than ever, I'm not focusing so much on my nonprofit, I'm saying what is the need in the community? So if that need is healthcare, if that need is hunger, displaced workers, as we see the jobless numbers go up. Uh, and I, I've noticed with interest around the country, the arts organizations, they really seem to be pooling together in some common funds, saying the idea is uplifting the arts, not just my symphony or not just my art museum. Those are great takeaways. Is there anything else you want to share with our nonprofits? Well, I, I just want to say, hang in there. Don't give up. Um, even if you have to lay sta staff off or defer staff, you know, look at some of the government funding that's available for nonprofits. The United Way, we've applied and received that so that we're, we're, look, we're hoping that we don't have to lay people off or, or, or furlough people. Um, Again, I think collaboration is the key, the col collaborating with in a way that impacts whatever service you're providing to the community is heightened during this time of need. Um, these needs, we don't know how long they're going to exist. We don't know what's next. So just trying to keep control of the things we can control um, that helps uplift our community. Delphia Ridley is a senior leader at the United Way in Houston, giving us great examples uh, on collaboration during the pandemic. And you know, Houston has been through this folks and they were still working on recovering from Harvey when coronavirus decided to show up. And so they know how to do this and we can learn uh, from their great experience uh, and their great example, as well as from the expertise that Delphia is bringing us here today. We're so fortunate to have her on our faculty and our faculty are staying busy. The fundraising school is open for business. Uh, we have these podcasts. We also have uh, monthly webinar chat sessions uh, called the Fridays with the fundraising school. One Friday a month uh, that we're having an opportunity to just come together, ask your questions, share your stories, uh, commiserate with one another, vent if you have to. We're just gonna have a community gathering uh, one Friday every single month. Our public courses, most of those are now moving to an online format. All of the courses that lead to the Certificate in Fundraising Management, as well as the courses that lead to the Certificate in Fundraising Leadership are available online. We hope to be available back in person in Indianapolis in late August 
one of Delphia's S's. Stay tuned. We'll see. We hope that we'll be able to do that. What we do know we definitely have are crisis response scholarships that take 50% off the registration fee for our courses. So watch for that. And then during the summer, uh, we're having a current affairs fundraising series, five half-day courses, uh, for example, on leadership leading to fundraising during times of crisis, your board now more than ever, digital fundraising, what does that look like, capital campaigns, what do I do now in the midst of the crisis, as well as telling your story now more than ever. Uh, it's interesting, Delphio, two of those courses tie into your five S's, uh, and that leads to the current affairs certificate in fundraising. All this is available on our website at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. With Delphia Ridley, I'm Bill Stanjakavich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm -hmm.